I originally did this because of children and a dog and it was yes. the, the quietest place to go to. So that's yeah. how I, that's how I ended up in the closet. You don't need to go there either. I was going to say, it's too. Too. about going in the closet. I have two kids, two dogs and two guinea pigs. So I hear you. <laughs> so you're hiding too. Well, listen, I if, am. If, the, if the guinea pigs become a problem during this podcast, then wow. We're so, all in trouble. Those are some active <laughs> guinea pigs. Time for a special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne. Here's Leanne Philipson. Shopping, meal planning, watching your weekly spend go up. Are you? Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe it's going down because you're ordering online. And as you go up and down the aisles, maybe you just can't pick up that little extra thing that you think that you might fancy for your next midnight snack. Maybe you're thinking about stretching out the food budget further than you have before with the situation that we've got going on. So let's look a little bit deeper at food waste. Yes, what's lurking at the bottom or the back of the fridge that you can't rescue or add to some stew before it becomes waste. And that's really not so great for your bottom line, for your budget or for our planet. On this week's Eat This with Leanne, let's talk about food waste or wasted food and how you can reduce that as well as save money. If you found yourself bulk buying, are you able to get through the food before it becomes food waste and ends up as compost or in the garbage? I found myself panic buying when I was out at Costco and of course bought way too much. Getting smarter at shopping, I think is going to not only help with our overwhelm, but also our stretched wallet. Today, I'm gonna speak with Corby Sue Newman. She's the head chef of HelloFresh. And just, I'm hoping she's gonna bring a different perspective because of the company that she works for, bringing a food kit type idea. I'm not really sure what she's going to share with us. So I don't know. I think we're going to learn together. Food waste, like it's a serious problem for our planet. We just went past Earth Day and there's some new stats that I was made aware of. 62% of Canadians, like we all agree that food waste is not great for our wallets. It's not good for the planet. And today I'm going to talk with Corby Sue, who is a chef actually with HelloFresh, which is, you know, she's a mom too. So she's not just coming from the chef um, aspect of things, but I wanted to bring on someone to help us out with figuring out what are we going to do about this food waste situation, but not really focusing on that. Just, you know, we still got a meal plan. We still got to still gotta go shopping. We still have to do all these really practical things. But maybe if we just have this in the back of our mind, then it's going to help on every single aspect. So thank you so much for being here, Corby Sue, and thank you for uh, taking the time to chat with us and share something new with the listeners. And it's uh, there's always so many great things that come out of our conversations on uh, on Eat This. Hey, Leanne, thank you so much for having me. I have to say that there's comfort in talking with a fellow mom who's at home, um, yep. living through this, and you know, 
when we talk about food waste and, and we think about the fact that apparently Canadians, uh, we waste five billion pounds of food a year. And I cannot oh lie to you. I am an emotional eater. So I've been like a one woman <laughs> eating machine trying to do my part. <laughs> but there are better ways than emotional eating um, to you know, help avoid what's going on in our own homes. Like, I don't know about you, but I had more dishes than ever before. I know. Dishwasher every day. Now we're going to start talking about how much are we using our dishwasher and the water waste. It's like, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the all you can eat buffet at my home. Um, But I had to set boundaries, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner is served between these hours. But, you know, all jokes aside, how, how do we wrestle with this in the best of times? And certainly now where, I think food and eating um, has become that one sort of stabilizing norm. Yeah. But there's a price, isn't there? So, you know, when you were talking about even just dollars and cents, I mean, you know, a, a recent survey told us that your average Canadian thinks they, they throw away about $10 a week. I would have wow. you know, said it's probably a wee bit more. And so when you think about that, that's anywhere between 500 to a thousand dollars a year that we're just throwing away. Wow. Yeah. Right? Is... And when you think about how precious our resources are, how do we combat that? So yeah. Leanne, one of the things I really love about what you talk about in this podcast is, um, you know, be mindful intention, intentionality. And I have to say to you, like as a chef, Yes, you know, I was really fortunate. My dad classically trained um, respect, integrity uh, for the ingredient. My nan, you know, I'm originally from Australia, grew up on the farm. Um, So it was really about like, you only have what you need. And so where do you meet in the middle? And I think it starts when you go to the grocery store. So when you shop, shop with intention. I, four weeks ago, I cannot lie. I was like everyone else. I bought more toilet paper than humanly needed. <laughs> it was you. That was it. You took it all. It was me. <laughs> now we, now I, we, we know where we're going when we run out. Right? And then I thought, wait, wait, we need to eat. So I just right. got basic. Okay. So now I've, I've, and I also observe when I, I do my, you know, um, once a week trip to the grocery store, I see that other people are also now shopping with intention. I've literally seen people grab three things and then put two back on the shelf. So let's, let's start there, right? When we shop. So shop with intention. Buy what you need. So plan. When you get home, the next thing, storage, that's Mm -hmm. everything. So whether it's you know, I love to recycle um, my glass containers. Uh, I love foil. I love using a black marker, you know, to put on the foil. Mm-hmm. This is what's going to be in this packet. Um, uh, what else? You know, a resealable plastic bag, if you must. But really, tea towels, fresh tea towels are mm-hmm. fantastic for wrapping your greens, your fresh herbs. They help prolong the life. Paper towel if you use it. Um, So again, just like when you get home, be respectful of your ingredients so that you don't have the floppy cucumber at the bottom of the drawer. Yep. Paper towel. 
<laughs> that one's for you, baby. I, yep. I'm never going to live down Chris the floppy cucumber. Is, I should never have brought he's it never, up. He's never going to live it down. But the good thing, Chris, is that everybody's got a floppy cucumber or floppy something at the bottom of their fridge oh, or it got sure. tucked in the back behind all yeah. the damn jars of everything. So speak, speak. Exactly. Thank you. People are relating as they're listening and laughing like we are right now. Yeah, exactly. So just, you know, when you get home, make sure you've got your storage covered, right? So don't just like right. you've, you've spent an hour standing in line with your face mask, your gloves, your um, antiseptic, like just be respectful. Put your ingredients right. away. Then the next thing is really just start to think about, okay, what are we actually eating? So this is where, you know, the menu planner side kicks in for me. And if you just take the fundamentals of what a meal kit does, you pre-portion, right? So you plan and you pre-portion. So I take those ingredients, I chop them up. Do I put them in the freezer because I'm only using them in four days? Um, Do I chop everything at once so I don't have to do it each night? You know, that's another thing, pre-portion. And Chris, you touched on pre-portioning, um, just even from a, and I think you would agree, Leanne, even just from a portion control perspective. Yes. Yeah. It's really helpful, right? Yeah. I mean, what, what are some of the tricks that you do with pre-portioning in your own home? So I will, I always, um, I always, like just one thing that came to mind was I always serve on a small plate and it's myself and my daughter's. And, um, so even before sort of making a meal, I know that roughly what is going to fill three small plates, if yeah. I've made like, you know, I don't know, like a roast chicken or something and there needs, needs a little more space then sure, I'll pull out, pull out the bigger plates, but I really don't, my dishwasher is not full of big plates. We use small ones. So I know portion wise, what I need to cook before I'm going to cook it. So any recipe that calls for, you know, make something for four. So for instance, I've been doing these cook together videos on Spurt, Spurt Wright's Facebook page and Instagram pages, and then putting them on YouTube. And the other day I made chili and that I made such a huge batch. And this week my kids are with their dads, so I don't have two extra mouths to feed. So immediately part of that went into the freezer. I eyeballed and knew that I was going to have two more meals before I would get sick of it and needed something else. So no matter how big the family is, we do need to think about that. And I'm one who always says, don't ever make just one pizza, make two pizzas and then put the other one in the freezer. And then you know that you're, you've made something you thought in advance, but then also with the meal planning, that helps a lot because this week you need those fixings for say the pizza or whatever it is. Then next Next week, you don't need those fixings for it. You can use, if you've bought peppers or you've got some extra corn or whatever, you can use them and divert them to, to something else. But I think we're all learning so much more about meal planning. I've taught meal planning forever, but it's really pretty boring stuff to sit there and go, oh, what do we feel? You know, and, and then Thursday comes around, I was like, I don't want a burger said no one, but yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, I don't feel like that today. I want like a tuna melt or, you know, whatever it happens to be yeah. or, you know, those kind of things. So that's just, that's just where my mind goes and the kind of things that I've been sharing with everybody watching my cook together videos. 
And honestly, I, I couldn't agree more. And here we are, a chef and a nutritionist completely aligning. First of all, the small plates, believe it or not, I still use what we consider a dinner plate, but I recognized about five years ago that, you know, the chefy white plates I had were monstrous. And so everything right. I put on, it looked small and the portions were increasing. So I purposely went out and bought smaller size dinner plates. We haven't quite graduated to the small plate, but you are inspiring and I will certainly consider it. Yeah. When it comes to getting dinners to do double duty, again, couldn't agree more. Um, I did roast chicken the other night with some broccoli. I happen to have some uh, pocketless um, Greek peaches in my fridge. I had some leftover marinara sauce from the weekend. And my son, you know, 17 plus and looked at me and said, what's for lunch? I said, I'll tell you what's for lunch. You got all the fixings there. Put it on, baby. 425, go for your life. Yeah. And that was dinner to lunch. So I think. Stuff that um, pita, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just thinking about getting ingredients to do double duty. I I really agree with you because let's be honest, we are all doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's tiresome. Like, don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. I love food. I love cooking. I've been really fortunate to make a living from it, but um, it, it can wear the best of us down. The only thing that confuses me about your conversation, guys, is uh, what are these leftovers you're speaking of? I have a 10-year-old son <laughs> and, and two teenagers uh, growing fast, and I, there hasn't been a leftover since 2010 in my household. Right. Uh, well, listen, yeah. uh, let me tell you, for some of us, leftovers is um, is a dirty word. Some families um, yeah. do not believe in leftovers. <laughs> so uh, I understand what you're saying, but look, sometimes there is just stuff left over yeah. and, and we got to deal with it. But what do you do with those ingredients that you haven't cooked? That all of a sudden you were well-intentioned, you bought the two bunches of kale, and now, you know, you've given the one bunch to the family and you've got the other bunch and the guinea yep. pigs are looking at you like kale again. And you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, what am I going to do? Right? So, so that's the other part. Look at the ingredients. So am I going to preserve the kale? No. Am I going to pickle it? No. But am I going to tear it, put it on a tray, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of salt and pepper? Yeah. Kale chips. You know, kale Yeah. So I think that's another thing, Leanne, for listeners to to think about that you're only limited by your imagination. And that's Mm -hmm. not to put pressure on anyone. But honestly, like look into your own archives. Is there a family recipe? Is there a family member you can reach out to? The Internet is full of stuff. You offer so much great insight into recipes. Like now is the time to actually think about well, what else can I do with a cucumber? Yeah. Right? Cucumbers are actually great. Slice thinly with a quick cold pickle, a little bit of dill, salt, pepper, garlic, sugar. Mm. Bob's your uncle. Oh, sounds right? good. Yeah. There you go, See, Chris. Chris go Chris. find that fluffy cucumber. Listen, if, <laughs> if you if you two can handle this, I'll be back in say ten minutes. I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. <laughs> He's off. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think I think finding um, I think using up those bits of ingredients that are left is a big challenge. So there's two big challenges that I keep hearing from my clients is number one, when I when they don't have something that the recipe calls for. Some people are adapt hands like I can adapt, you know, like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Not in baking. I suck at that. But with, but with recipes, yes, I will. And every single time I cook 
you know, one of my recipes from my books, Sprout Right Family Food, then I inevitably have like not enough stuff. Like I don't, didn't have cauliflower for the chili or I don't have red peppers today, or I definitely don't have any, my cilantro went really wonky. So nothing's got cilantro on it anymore. The Asian uh, noodle salad I made the other night. Nope, none of that on there. But then you end up with too much, too many carrots or what can I substitute or what does work? Do you have any, you know, you, you're the chef and, and I get along with a lot of chefs. I'm just going to say that too. Um, what, what is it, have you got any top tips for things that, you know, tend to be kind of leftover that are great swaps? Yeah. So actually, I mean, you even just said it there with carrots. I think people are often intimidated by, um, a three ingredient dish. Right. Oh, it's not going to be tasty. So with carrots, um, again, I'm mentioning my guinea pigs are getting a lot of play in this uh, conversation today. <laughs> um, so we have, you know, <laughs> an abnormal supply of carrots in our home. But to the point where even the guinea pigs also, I just yeah. realized they're clearly gourmet guinea pigs because they're also giving us attitude about carrots again. <laughs> so I, Just oh like no. the kids. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even making this up. Oh but no. I, I, I had an extra kilo of carrots sitting there and I thought, what do I do? And I remembered, um, I make this great Moroccan carrot soup and I'm not a genius. I literally wash the carrots, um, you know, just get rid of the the parts that are, you know, a bit funny looking. I've got a Moroccan spice blend, a bit of olive oil, one onion, throw it in a pot and then blend it up. So I think people shouldn't feel that, a great tasting recipe needs 10 ingredients. Right. Sometimes the best recipes literally have just two or three, right. you know, love is important in everything that you do. But um, yeah. I would really encourage people to just think about like, what do you like? Do you like stews? Do you like salsas? Do you like um, spreads? Yeah. And then think, well, how do I convert, you know, that can of cannellini white beans that I bought, you know, um, six yeah. months ago, because I saw this great recipe, what am I going to do with that? Right? Yeah. Grab some garlic, some olive oil, some salt. You can get your kids to hand mash that. And now yep. the family is cooking. I think that's something actually that I really wanted to touch on is that um, because we're in a different time, I think it's important for, for families of all shapes and sizes to reconsider the roles that everyone plays in that family. And, I mean, more than ever before, we need to just be open to discovering new skills. And so I spent over a decade teaching kids how to cook um, back home in Australia. And it wasn't cupcakes. We were actually talking about the language of food. And so now is actually, I think, a time to share the language of food. Yes. Yes. Right. And you know that. I do. I'm sure you've had your kids sit by your side, even, you know, Chris with his kids. I'm sure like there's got to be a conversation happening about what's for dinner. It's got to be more than that. Well, well, it's not just a conversation. I mean, I get kicked out of the kitchen almost immediately because they, they, their skills have well surpassed mine. And I've been on this planet, uh, you know, three times longer than they have, but those little brains of theirs absorb and react and produce way better food than I will ever produce in my lifetime. Wow. That's brilliant. So I think that's something like just even talking like with the really little ones talking about what the ingredients are, but then there's even utensils in a kitchen that you can introduce for young ones, whether it's craft scissors for getting them to cut the herbs, um, you know, a butter knife, 
it is actually great for uh, young ones to cut mushrooms. Um, I always say that. Yeah. Right. So let's not just make it that you and I are, you know, sitting here talking and saying, oh my gosh, all I do is cook. Let's involve everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And Whether it's setting the table once a week um, with like your best stuff or, or choosing what music we're going to listen to. Let's try and, you know, I don't know, differentiate the days because yes. that's what we're also talking about, isn't it? That yeah. It feels like Groundhog Day a wee bit, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It totally, yeah. totally um, does. My day would be so much better if Bill Murray showed up. Oh, gosh. It'd be so much better. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> I would get no work done, but it would be great. <laughs> yes. I'm reliving the same day over and over. Groundhog Day today. Okay, I'm waiting for the punchline. No. Absolutely. Wow. You just, I think even just listeners just hearing the conversation that, you know, the thing that hits me the most about the situation that we're in is everybody is going through the same thing. We yeah. all have to stand in line and go to the supermarket and buy for a week, buy for two weeks. Someone on last week's uh, episode, Lana, a mom is, is she's not going to the supermarket. She's ordering, you know, and having a delivery. She's planning three weeks out. And for anybody that missed, missed that, that was in, uh, I think it was episode 16. Is that right, Chris? Last week. And, um, you know, and even that's inspirational from thinking, wow, how does your brain work that way? Some people's brains do just work that way. And please know that if you are having a hard time with meal planning, there's also lots of people that are just not built that way either. So those people are much more around the, what do I do with those last bits in the fridge? In Lana's case, you know, I said, said to her, even on the episode, you know, you're the forerunner for the food waste. You've got nothing left by the time you get your new delivery. And she said, it's so true. And her kids are learning actually that, okay, well, you may not have wanted the banana yesterday because there was a snack left. There's no snacks left. The banana is it. So off you go. There's nothing. So there are so many lessons that we can pass on to our kids and so many lessons that I think we're learning as well, because, you know, I got to go shopping now too. And Chris, I told you, you know, last time I found myself in the middle of Costco, kind of panic shopping going, I don't want to come back here again. I'm not standing in line again for another hour. And then you end up coming home with things and you think that wasn't part of my plan, but I kind of panic bought that and now what do I do with it and 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 it's a waste of money so some people they think out there might be thinking yeah I'm gonna go and bulk shop but actually for you it might be better if you go out once a week and of course still be safe and do all the right things but I think people realizing that you're you are Atlanta planning three weeks out or you're you know more what you're doing uh Corby Sue is you're going out once a week and that's totally fine too Absolutely. I think, I think Lana is aspirational. I think like that's an aspirational place to be. Um, I think from a realistic point of view, the the way I also um, keep myself in check is I have my trusty shopping list. Um, It's just in my Google notes on my phone. And when I select something, yeah, you know, I just tick it off. And, and if I don't buy that ingredient because it wasn't available, I keep it as unchecked. So that mm-hmm. when I go the following week, I remind myself, oh, remember you wanted this. Right. And, you know, I pivot. Like if I can't find mm, 
you know, whatever it is I'm looking for, I just think, okay, what's a good alternative? And then I actually have this conversation with myself where I say, yeah, but do you need it? Mm-hmm. Right? Great do question. You, do you have that yeah. conversation? Do you have that conversation out loud, Corby Sue? He knew that was coming. Why is there? Is there a problem with that, Chris? Um, <laughs> no, but it's, she has her mask on, so no one can see that she's talking to herself. The best part is when I answer myself. <laughs> you no, know, exactly. That's when I the, the social distancing six feet all, no longer applies to me, and I all of a sudden have an entire row to myself. So that's my approach. <laughs> it's a means to her madness. That's great. There yes. absolutely is. Somewhere between her jeans collection and her sock drawer, this is Eat This with Leanne. Oh, I, th- I think those, I think these are all tremendous um, suggestions and recommendations. And, you know, every single time it's it's time to plan something, it's time to write that list. There is, there is something that we're learning new from it. Client that I spoke with yesterday, she's trying to find lots of fish because she knows that's good for her brain and it's helping her you know, her memory and she's hoping it's going to have an impact on her overwhelm, but she says, I can't always find the type of fish that I like. So I said, okay, so have you, have you come across smoked mackerel? And she said, oh, I didn't think that that was so good. And I said, different times, go and buy the smoked mackerel because you've still got fish and it's an oily fish. So it's still good. It's still nourishing for your brain is high in DHA. And why don't you pick up some herrings for a change? So sometimes when whoever it is that's going shopping can come home and say, hey, I found something new. Let's see what can we can do with this. And as you were talking about the whole family being involved, you know, give someone in the family other than yourself the task of what should we do with this? I tried and I'm picking up one thing that's new that we haven't tried before. What can we do with it? Just an idea. Yeah, that is excellent. That's an excellent suggestion because you're a hundred percent right. Even our, our shopping landscape has changed mm-hmm. there, there. We don't have access to everything. We're fine. Food is still coming in. We need not to feel panicked about that. But we just need to be a little more agile. And look, I don't want to date myself. I am 50. Um, (laughs) I just need to say to you, I remember a time growing up in Canada before what was once called NAFTA. So, you know, having this classically trained chef father would go down to the various markets with my dad early on a Saturday morning. And, you know, you couldn't find mangoes for love or money. Um, right. in the middle of winter. We genuinely ate seasonally. And so now I think it's a time to maybe embrace that. When you go shopping, mm. asparagus right now, um, out where I am, they're quite young, incredibly inexpensive. I mean, I bought them, A, because we love them, we grill them, we yep. steam them, we have them with butter, I've pickled them. So, you know, if there's an ingredient that you love and you see, buy it. Um, and then think about three different applications that you can Perfect. do with it. I think that's yeah. another way to really, you know, minimize food waste and also just, I guess, maybe placate yourself in, into realizing we still live in abundance. We genuinely mm-hmm. still live in abundance. And, and we maybe do. that's something we're not, we're not using that word at all at the moment. And we, we certainly should. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we can still go and shop, the fact that we still have store shelves that, you know, have been replenished of even toilet paper is, yeah. you know, is a big thing. And that was just a blip now, but there are challenges with what we, what we know is available, but there is mm-hmm. an absolute, there's so many ways to, to try something else. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, 
that when you look at it from an exploration standpoint, it just takes that stress and that heaviness off of it. And you think, wow, gosh, I never would have known that this is something that I really love. And, you know, my picky eater at home or my picky spouse or, you know, person or my picky self has now found something that's, uh, you know, new and groovy and will not end up in the compost because we're actually enjoying it. I think a lot of people have will discover a place like HelloFresh through something like this as well. I mean, mm. in light of the stress and the panic and stuff that uh, that people experience um, when they go out shopping, there's the aspirational Lana who can uh, who can um, plan for three weeks. And then there's the inspirational you uh, from your stories. And then there's me. And I'm at right. the other end of that totem pole of, you know what? It'd be better if someone kind of chose that food and sent it to me. <laughs> How has, how has HelloFresh sort of adapted or adjusted in light of the the pandemic? For us, it genuinely is business as usual. Um, Although, uh, look, this is a separate aside. We, we have always supported um, food banks across Canada. Yeah. We are an across Canada service. Um, We've donated, you know, actual cash um, to various food banks because we recognize people are doing it tough. Um, And I have to say, as someone who is a chef and I've had um, cafes and restaurants in my time, I recognize how fortunate I am to be in that part of the industry that I'm able to work from home. So many of our people um, are are obviously challenged by the, the shelter in place that we now know is the new norm, but for for HelloFresh, how we approach it is we take a seasonal approach Mm -hmm. to our ingredients, to our menus, and we recognize what is available, what's not available. And because the landscape is changing, um, we have to be agile. Uh, But really, our goal is to inspire Canadian families to feed themselves well in the comfort of their own home. And if by going to the grocery store for you, planning your menu, pre-portioning that recipe, and then walking you through what it is to cook that recipe is going to help you develop your own food language. We are happy to do it. Awesome. And so, yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share a little story of a, a client that I was working with for a couple of months. And, um, and, 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 and this was great for me to hear, actually, because in supporting her, she was someone who bought, um, you know, kind of like your Swanson dinner type of thing. And just because her brain didn't work like mine, it, she just didn't have the creativity or the how do I put this together? And at one point uh, during our time of working together, I said, how about a meal kit? How about having something come to your door and why don't you try it out? Because I think it could be a really interesting uh, change because no matter what I did, I just couldn't, we couldn't get her past the kind of TV dinner type of situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fast forward by a couple of weeks, I talked to my clients every couple of weeks and we had our check-in and she said, I've actually just, we, we ordered HelloFresh. Wow. And and she's, she was a newlywed, uh, PhD like brilliant woman. And she said, can I just tell you that it is the most lovely time when my husband and I are in the kitchen and it's actually teaching me how to cook. 
And there, the disconnect for her was having the food, having the, the, even the recipe and not really knowing what to do with everything, not so confident in the kitchen and the beauty of having the kit with the recipe, with everything pre-portioned so she didn't have to do the work. You know, she was still working on her dissertation and she just didn't have the brain space for it. Yeah. And she said, it's giving me confidence in the kitchen. And I just thought that was fantastic. And that's not what I thought was going to come out of the experience. I am a nutritionist. I'm thinking about nutrients, the foods, the the nuts and the bolts of what are you eating? Can we get you to have something a bit more so your focus is better? You know, that's how my brain processes when I'm speaking with someone. But the fact that it gave her the confidence, that's what I did when I, for new moms, when I did cooking classes for 10 years and I saw it again from a meal kit. And I just thought, Hallelujah. You know, (laughs) angels are singing because it was because for her, it was where she was completely stuck and it just moved her past. So thank you. Thank you to, you know, yourself for planning all these great meals, for being a part of it, for the delivery people that are getting everything to people still, whoever is subscribing to it. You know, I've tried it out a few times and and I've actually had my kids in the kitchen going, what are you doing? Mom, what are you doing? And they ended up, I just ended up stepping away. And I have lots of other friends who have teens and they're like, here, make dinner. And they just give them everything and they can follow it along. So there are a lot of benefits to this as well as what we're talking about today being the food waste aspect of it because everything's pre-portioned for you. And I think as you said off the top or at some point in time, you said when you have your ingredients and come home and pre-portion them out for making something, then you, the main, you know, you're a chef. So you're probably the one cooking most of the time. Step out of the kitchen and let somebody else do it. I think it's fantastic. So many opportunities. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, sorry to sound a bit corny, but it's still after, you know, having been in this industry for over 25 years, yeah. I've, I've worked in commercial food. It wow. still inspires me um, yeah. because when I moved to a meal kit, it was the combination of everything that I've been doing, just like you, Leanne. I've taught thousands of children through a food language program. I've taught adults. I've been a personal chef. I've owned specialty food store, catering company, anything to do with the language of food. I've done it, but there's something still so exciting for someone discovering that yes, yes, you can actually do this. And, and really just, I think now is a time, you know, often people will ask me around holidays. um, Oh, I really want to learn how to do um, this uh, salted caramel souffle for Christmas. And okay. so I'll, I'll ask, I'll say, oh, have you made a souffle before? And they're like, no. And I'm like, huh, this is not the time. No, it's not and the time. This is not the time for you to go outside of your comfort zone. But you know what? I think right now, here's another thought. Maybe right now is a time to go a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Experiment. Experiment yeah. and discover something about yourself and about an ingredient that you didn't know before. So I really thank you for sharing that because um, – it just tells me that, you know, it's working. You're still doing the right thing. Yeah. You are. Yeah. You are. Yeah. And it's working. Well, thank, thank you. you so much for all of your insight, everything that you shared with everybody. And I think everybody's, you know, earphones are even more glued because there's so many takeaways from what we've talked about today, no matter where you're at, no matter 
you know, where you're finding yourself. If you're Atlanta and you're meal planning like a champ or you're just about keeping your head above water. So thank you so much for your input. And I really appreciate your, your thoughts. Leanne, thanks so much for being a voice for people to listen to. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Corby. Wow. Thank you so much to Corby Sue Newman. She is the head chef of HelloFresh. But I think outside of that, she just is so real. She gave so many... Uh, takeaways that you know that I'm even feeling inspired. I think you might be too, Chris. Are you? <laughs> Definitely, yes. I feel smarter just for talking to her. Yeah, yeah. And and listeners, I really hope that you have found this to be inspiring too, and also just levels the playing field on your expectations. Because really, thinking that you've got everything together from the list to the meal plan, like it's just not happening and coming together for all of us. And if you're anything like me, and your brain just feels kind of switched on in a moment and then it's just off (laughs) you know I have to like muster up the okay I'm gonna go shopping and I really need that list and I actually you know whereas I could wing it before I'm not winging anything anymore so if you're in the same boat I really really hope that everything that we've talked about today there's more show notes and there's more suggestions on actually really drilling down on reducing food waste and really trying to help the bottom line that you're spending at the at the supermarket. So head on over to leannephillipson.com because I've got lots of other suggestions there for you that I think are really, uh, really important. And share, share this podcast. Give me feedback. Ha- let's have a chat about what you're doing and what your challenges are. And if like Chris, you've got a floppy cucumber at the bottom of your fridge, then, uh, then, you know, what do I do with that? So we want to hear that because we're going to keep doing this every single week. We're going to keep supporting you um, and ourselves all the way through all of this. So as ever, thank you for being here and remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. Okay, I'm waiting for the punchline. No, 